0: Comics, movies, music, video games, technology,
1: Blu-ray, television.
2: This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network.
0: The world we know is gone. No Facebook, no Twitter, no smartphones, no podcasts. And uh, we're glad to be back after a short hiatus here in the off-season. And we're back with episode number 65. We're going to be doing a commentary on the episode Nebraska. It was the first episode shown after the break in the second season, uh, right after the last episode that we did uh, pretty much did already. And we were lucky enough to be joined on that commentary and this commentary by a very, very special guest from the West Coast, Mr. Aaron North. How are you this morning, this evening? I'm doing well, and Nebraska became a state in
2: 1867. Just throwing that out there.
0: Why not? It's also my favorite Bruce Springsteen album, by the way. And I found out, uh, weirdly enough, on the wiki that it inspired the uh, title of this. But that's neither here nor there. And also joining me tonight on this walk with the dead is our good friend, Mr. Russell Latham. Back from the dead.
1: Back from the dead.
0: But before we get into uh, all that commentary goodness on Nebraska, tell us all about our wonderful sponsor,
1: Russ. Why, yes. Our sponsor, as always, on the Walking Dead TV podcast is Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com, where you can save typically between 40 to 50% on your comics and graphic novels, and even some, sometimes 75% off. Um, this month, there's some, some Walking Dead stuff going on. Uh, you can continue with the monthly. They have Walking Dead number 103. You can get it for $1.79 from the $2.99 cover price. Um, they are also having the Walking Dead Michonne special, which is uh, timely, given that Michonne will be, spoiler, appearing on season three of the TV show. So uh this actually collects her first appearance in the monthly comic, as well as the strip they did for Playboy magazine recently. So uh I expect this issue, even though it's it's. Pretty much all reprint. I expect it to go pretty well. So you might, uh, if you've gotten back into The Walking Dead on the monthly side with maybe with issue 100 and want to check it out, you might uh, give that a look. Also solicited this month is The Walking Dead Compendium Volume 2. Now, for those of you, yeah, for those of you listening to the show, uh, you've probably heard John and I go on and on about, uh, The Walking Dead Compendium Volume 1, which is this huge paperback tome that you could use to stomp out zombies and whack them in the head with, that, which contained issues 1 through 48 of the, of the comic. This has issues 49 through 96. So again, you get in the next 48 issues. Of the Walking Dead, all in one big, huge, uh, zombie killing tome, and it is thirty five ninety nine. So that's that's almost half off of its cover price. It's well worth it. You talk about you're getting issues for less than a dollar a piece if you pre-order that through DCB Service. Um, they're also just to to point out a couple other things. If you're into the Cape and Tights stuff, um, Marvel is going to be having their Marvel Now event going on through. Uh, the next several months, they're going to be issuing a new number one with uh, really cool creative teams, one a week for the next 20 weeks, uh, starting in uh, October. And um, so you can get the point .1 issue, which is kind of like the, the kickoff, the Marvel Now point .1 um for 50% off at $2.99, and then they have the first other three uh, issues at 75% off. So this is where you know they rope you in at that 75% discount. And it's almost impossible to say no because they're 99 cents a piece um, for Uncanny Avengers number one, which is going to have a really cool creative team of Rick Remender and uh, John Cassidy, and then A Plus X number one, which is kind of like a team up book. It's kind of like a, another. Uh, Marvel team up where they're going to take an X-Man and, a, and an Avenger and team them up in a book. Um, so again, that's 75% off or 99 cents. And then AVX consequences, uh, number one, which is kind of the follow-up to the big AVX crossover. It's going to be a weekly book and the first issue is 50% off. It's 199 and the other four will be 40% off. So again, it's a weekly event. Um, there's plenty of other um monthly comics hardcovers all um that you can get for any like i said typically anywhere um 35 40 50% off and then occasionally those number ones are 75% off so again we thank them for their sponsorship dcbservice.com discount comic book service
0: And Getting back to that Michonne uh, uh, reprint or Michonne special that you were talking about, you really cannot understate the popularity of Michonne with the comic book readers. And I'm sure that she's going to be a very popular character once she's introduced in the show, too. So, I mean, I would definitely recommend that anybody listening to me and interested in the show or the comic jump on that. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty cool uh, deal I want to get in on. Okay, now that we paid some bills and introduced our very special guest from the Out Now with Aaron and Abe podcast. That was remiss in mentioning earlier. Sorry about that, sir. <laughs> it's all right. Um, we're going to sync up our uh, copies of Nebraska, your digital copy, your your DVD, whatever you have. We are at the point where Rick's gun is in focus, but he is not, and he is lowering it after shooting, spoiler, Zombie Sophia as she came out of the barn, right where pretty much they already ended. So if you want to sync up your... Uh, your uh, digital file or your DVD or Blu-ray, whatever you have to that point. I think it's about five or six seconds in without all the previously on walking dead type stuff. Uh, that's where we're going to be starting and that's where we're syncing up. So we'll go into some uh, wonderful intermission music here while you do that.
2: Rick has just shot a little girl and now we're
0: going to watch the episode. <laughs> okay, if everybody's synced up and ready to go, I'm going to say three, two, one, play. And then we'll all hit play at the same time, and we'll all be I'll have all of our ducks in a row. Are you ready? Three, go. two, one, play.
2: All right. So obviously, everyone's really cheery right now. It's a good good time to be alive.
1: I like how they started off right, literally where the first half of the season left off, and. You know, this is something they didn't really do with the ending of season one. Well, you know, between season one season two, you know, we, we kind of get the impression some time had passed and, um, you know, they were on their way. Not a whole lot of time had passed, but this is literally the next instance. Um, and, and given that it was just a mild break, this wasn't like a hard season break, but still, we had several weeks off, uh, between the two.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it's, this episode's, it's about grieving a lot of it for the, for the most part and I like catching up with these characters immediately after the Great zombie massacre that took place and i enjoy that it did this i i remember a lot of people were kind of uh, somewhat underwhelmed that the episode wasn't like because it was coming after a long break it wasn't like more bigger in scope or something like that and instead was just a more quiet character based episode but that didn't bother me this made sense to me it's like you just had this horrific event happened where you see like herschel's family just watched various members of their family get brutally you know shot in the head and what have you just like and even this stuff happening now and you know like all the other you know the rest of the of rick rick rick's crew like all of them kind of coming off of what just transpired and it makes sense it makes sense to allow these people to grieve and you know see that process it's this feels like what a walking up walking dead episode should be even though it's not one of my favorite episodes
1: hey t-dog got a little something to do so that that was a plus
2: yeah, I mean everyone. Everyone should have been like raising their hands and cheering right there. Like everyone, that's 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 an automatic three busters. I think T Dog's in the featured in the episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's one of those things, right? If if they had done, you know, this crazy action nonstop piece here, everybody'd been like saying the opposite. How could you do that? You just went through this this terrific thing, and nobody's taking time to deal with it. And you know, so it's like it, it, one of those things. I think you can't please everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of plot pivots here. I mean, Herschel, uh, you know, changing his whole mind, kind of going into despair and drinking again, and I remember distinctly when we talked about this episode when it came out, Brad, I think, had the really best statement, especially in the last five or ten minutes of this episode. He said, welcome to the show, Mr. Rick Grimes, because Rick really starts to become more like the Rick Grimes we know from the comic, rather than kind of the, the... I don't know. In, in the first half of this, it just seemed like for a long time Rick is just you know trying trying to be the peacemaker, trying trying to keep everything on an even keel. Here we start to see the rictocracy or the you know the Rick-tatorship slowly take form. You know, starting with like I said, the last five or ten minutes of this episode where they uh, encounter the guys in the bar. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I really like the way uh, Scott Scott Walker. I'm pretty sure his name is who plays Hershel. Um, Scott he, Wilson. I'm sorry, Scott Wilson. Please forgive me, Scott Wilson, if you ever listen to this. Um, I really like the way he plays Herschel in this episode, um, going from you know his, his firm stance that you know, those are people that need to be cured to not being so sure, and then you know falling back on alcohol and kind of falling back on his own doubts. He, he goes from being a man very sure of his convictions to having almost no convictions at all. And that's a powerful and tough thing for an actor to convey in, in a subtle way, and, and he really does, I think, in this episode.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, Scott Wilson has been one of my one of the highlights for me this this for the second season of The Walking Dead, just in terms of how his character has kind of developed over this time and where he where he started from to where he ended up in the end of the season. And I think he does a good job throughout in yeah this episode. It's another chance for him to shine, along with you know some other cast members that I quite like in in the show.
1: And we start to really see the the tension flaring up between Rick and Shane. You know, we see that they just had their uh, you know, in an altercation, you know, I wouldn't even call it an altercation, but they've had words outside. We saw when Maggie um had her outburst that that Glenn just gave uh you know Shane a look, and again, it shows how people are hardening, right? I mean, the Shane early on, or the 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 Glenn early on, would not have been, I don't think, given Shane that bold of a look, but you could tell he's he's toughening up as a character too. Oh yeah, the character
0: arc for, for um for Glenn from the beginning of this where he's kind of just the mild mannered guy taking orders from everyone to like being one of the decision makers in the group and really, you know, filling fulfilling, fulfilling a, a deeper role in the group is it's really uh it's well defined I think in, in this show.
2: For sure. I mean at the end of the episode he he and Rick are the ones that go to get Herschel. So I mean it's like he's he's risen up. He's he's there. He's he's one of the guys
0: that they go to. He he knows how to handle himself. So. And just a few episodes ago, he was zombie bait for the one in
1: the well. <laughs> Do you think I noticed it when they first kind of cut back and we saw the, the, the wind blowing the trees. I, I still say that it seems like they have the uh, ambient effects turned up way too loud on the show. It seems like when there's birds chirping or mosquitoes or wind blowing or something, it just seems like unnaturally loud and, Maybe it's more realistic, and we're just not used to seeing that on other TV shows, but I don't know. There's just times when I really notice it, and it's almost distracting.
2: Uh, I don't know if i go as far to say it's distracting. I think it's certainly playing up the vibe of isolation and people trapped, I guess, if you want to... If there was a way to kind of read into the sound design in, in those could, those those respects more, I guess, I mean, one could argue those facts. But I, I don't know. i never... I personally haven't found it distracting.
0: Yeah, Bear McCready uses a lot of atmospherics in his music, too, to like set a tone and what have you. I just, I guess it just kind of blended in with that for me. It really hasn't been a distraction, but now that you mention it, I'm definitely going to keep an ear out for it. So thanks for ruining Walking Dead for me, Russ. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to
1: say, now it's, now it's ruined.
2: It should be noted that the directed by Clark Johnson tag just pulled up, and uh, Clark Johnson, um, I know he's done a lot of episodes of like The Wire and um, Homicide, and he did like he did the movie SWAT. I know, and uh, a lot of other just TV in journal. I, I I think he's a solid um, director for these kind of serialized dramas. And I was I was happy when his name popped up. And I know he's done a has he, he's done a few other Walking Dead episodes as well. I
0: believe. Yes, he has. Yes, uh, and, I, uh, yeah. I don't know which ones off the top of my head, but he is definitely in the pool of Walking Dead directors. He's done more than just this episode. For sure, and I.
2: I, th- I think he's pretty, I think he's solid when I know, because I, I tend to notice when his name pops up. And so I'm always happy to kind of see it come up there. Like, oh, culture. It's an episode. Of this.
0: I love the interaction between Glenn and Maggie, just because Glenn is so tentative because he's trying to do the right thing, but he doesn't know what the hell it is. And, and Maggie for all this time has had the right, right thing, like pretty much spoon fed and given to her, but now she doesn't know what it is either. so it's it's cool to see those two characters. Hey, and we found Carl. Everybody take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This
2: is a good Carl scene, actually, or at least a good one that hints at his development over the the course of the series and what I can only imagine will be even more apparent in the upcoming seasons of just where Carl is going as a kid growing up in this world. I mean, here he is talking about how Sophia, it's a terrible thing that happened, but he would have done the same. I mean, that's that's hardcore for a little kid of his age. So.
0: And there was just a few episodes ago when he was asking if Sophia would go to heaven and, and he wanted her back and everything, and, you know, it's... Again, you you see his degradation, you know his moral code having to live in this environment. You know? And even the last episode,
2: he was like, "We're gonna find Sophia." Like he was trying to stand up to Shane, saying, "We're staying here and finding Sophia." But now, you know, obviously that's not going to happen. And he's just right on saying, "Well, she was gone. I would have done the same. It sucks, but that's that's where I'm at. Put my hat on and walk away." There's a member of the family. I don't know his name, but he has a straw hat
0: to Jimmy t dar just had a line take, no, a drink, no, no, no. take a drink
1: I always feel like uh, Shane should have a belt buckle on right because he always holds his, his hands around his belt like he should have a big old you know country rodeo style belt buckle on
2: Russell everyone made a lot of sacrifices to get here so
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we all had to give up things in life and obviously Shane needed to ditch his belt buckle because it just the zombies, man.
1: Yeah, we, when, whenever they, if they ever cut back to like Shane before the apocalypse in his house, that'd be funny if we see like this case he has on his wall of like, uh, you know, Bulk collectible b- b- belt buckles.
2: Or it's like there's a zombie, the zombies pounding at his door and he like has to make a last minute decision and he looks at like his gun and he looks at his belt buckle and he's like, which do
1: I choose?
2: And he takes the gun and runs out.
1: As somebody and his who pants lives. Start to drag. Yeah, as somebody who lives in the rural south, uh, that, that uh, that's a possibility out this way.
2: <laughs> we'll just write our own Walking Dead fan fiction and just have these scenes play out. Nice. Before the Walking Dead. These are the uh, the good Lori scenes in the episode before we get to the terrible Lori scenes that happen later on in the episode.
0: I like this screenshot shot here. It kind of shows our isolation. Okay, here is
2: beyond the ending. This is what the end scene of this episode. This is one of my favorite scenes in the episode as a whole because this is just another. As I've been no shame of saying, John Bernthal's performance and throughout this series has been like fantastic to me, and I really love Shane's arc. And here he is now. Kind of, I mean, he had to do what he had to do, and it makes sense in a certain to a certain extent, and not, he may have gone about it a certain way that may not have been preferable, but he's kind of racked with guilt as well because of what happened and because they've lost one of their own, Sophia no less, the youngest of them, or one of the, maybe next to Carl. And so now he's, he's just going off on Dale, and Dale's wordless here, and the two of them are fantastic. I know I've had my problems with Dale, especially in the last episode, where he, that, which we also did a commentary on where he's taken the guns for no reason, but the two of them, Dale saying nothing, and Shane just going at him and just just unleashing his, these words that he has, which is just full of conflicting emotions he's having about his situation. It's just really, really good stuff.
0: It's a testament to Bernthal, too, that you still like Shane, even after what he's done, even after his extremeness, you know, even after he's kind of gone over the edge. You still can feel sympathetic for him. You still have empathy for the character. And that's really a, you know, a testament to his acting. I would agree, yeah. I mean, he's
2: made some decisions that are obviously not, like, preferred, and he's done things that are... In a time of crisis, not hard ones to make. And, of course, there's also the Laurie situation that also happened as well, which some can chalk up to alcohol, but it's a little bit crazier. And later on in the series, he does become a little more morally reprehensible, and it's just not not easy to explain on his side at that point. But, yes, he's made a lot of decisions that overall help out the group, and it's hard to argue against that. Here's some dealing with this kind of stuff Carol is It's kind of rough. It's, it's rough. <laughs> she basically has no one now. All she has is, is Daryl. Not I'm a bad just, thing, I guess.
0: I'm just hoping in the next season they progress their character more than being just a forlorn mother. You know, I mean, just about... I mean, everybody in the group has lost family members, have lost you know, parents, children you know, what have you, and I understand, you know, the arc of her character has to be, part of that has to be the grieving, but I Like to, I want to see what else they do with the character going into the third season.
2: Yeah, I uh, I agree with that, and I I mean, we all saw the, um, the poster released this week, and she and T-Dog are quite in the background of that one, but, I mean, based on, I mean, obviously the comic and the show diverge a bit, but certain things happen in the comic versus what's happening in the show that could lead to interesting things for Carol to do. And I'd be interested to see how the show progresses on that front. But at
1: Creepy. the same time,
2: yep, uh, <laughs> at the same time, I, 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 I mean, Daryl's another wild card in this because Daryl obviously doesn't exist in the comic book. So it'd be neat to see, I guess, how, how his relationship with Carol maybe play a factor into later episodes. That's all speculation though. I don't know, so we'll see. But yeah, I'd like—I'd at least like something for her to do, or you know, t- time comes to it, just kill her off because it'd be easier to just have less characters and work on expanding on the ones we have that we really enjoy, opposed to periphery characters that don't get much to do.
0: Uh oh. Da
2: Nice to know he keeps it with his ties.
0: Yeah. That's his Sunday go to and booze.
2: Here's a good shot right here, too. Is this the is this lift-up? Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, here we go, yeah, because it has the high shot. You have all of them crowded around the graves. You have the bodies of the zombies left in the background. Did I talk over, uh, or did, I, did we talk over um, her picking up the arm off the side of the road, too? Did that already happen?
1: That already happened. No. Yeah.
2: I don't think so. Oh, no, that's later on. Okay, okay, yeah, later
1: yeah. on. Okay. I love how there's a lot of wide shots and, and high shots and everything, and I wonder if the director was just like, I am going to use this crane for everything while it's here.
0: They paid for it, and they might as well use it. It's
2: just like there's tracking shots from the last episode. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, that's another, yeah, Clark joke with Clark Johns' direction, I feel like he's someone that's kind of, he's a pro at this, he's doing, doing this a long time, and he's made theatrical features. I feel like he has a good understanding of going for the cinematicness, the inherent cinematic nature of kind of this series and where they are in an isolated farm out in the, in the south, like on, the, on a rural field area. I mean, there's, there, there's a lot of ways to kind of show off this landscape that they have, and I'm glad it's utilized fairly well in an episode that's supposed to be kind of more low-key given that everyone's grieving from what just happened so as i kind of said before i think t- on a technical side regardless of other problems i've had I've, i it's very well made show in regards to kind of handling these aspects and the zombie action and stuff like that like it does they, they get their money's worth with the with the show and we know we we know amc's had issues with their shows and having their budgets and, you know worked well so
1: it's it's funny, when I watch Breaking Bad, I always feel like I need a shower after watching it, but that's for <laughs> a completely different reason. When I watch this show, I also feel like I need a shower after this, but it's because I feel like I'm sweaty and dirty and been outside and had mosquitoes on me. It's just this, th- They do a really good job on this show, and we talked about this many times, of uh, of just feeling nasty. <laughs>
2: there's your yeah, arm yeah, they, scene. There's
1: yeah, the, there's the scene. arm.
2: Andrea picking up the arm. Two Andrea, yeah, two, two good, two good Andrea moments this uh, episode because she does that, where she picks up the arm. And it's a pretty cool shot, actually, just following her with the arm. And of course, the pickaxe kill at the beginning of the episode. That's just, that's pretty sweet. Her pickaxe is a a scythe or something.
1: They become so desensitized that she has no compunction to just hop on the back of the truck and just sit there with, you know, 10 or 12 dead bodies in various states of decay and limbs literally, uh, laying around
2: she got a handful of Shane, so a handful of zombie arms isn't too much, right?
1: hey
0: She was just trying to give T-Dog a hand.
2: She already... (laughs) We can go on with that joke, but uh, okay. Let's get to the boring coma subplot. about that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: I was... This... I mean, I know that they use this to amp up a little bit of dramatic tension and to kind of drag things out a little bit, but I... I just felt like this is, really, we're going to go here, where they're having to worry about one of the members. Didn't we just do that for half it's a li- season? It,
2: it's a little much, yeah. It's like giving Jack Bauer's life amnesia in the first season of 24. It's just like, really, all of this needs to happen
1: also? <laughs> like...
2: Yes, I made a season 1, 24 reference. How about that? Uh-huh. <laughs> that's ten- that's a 10-year-old joke, I just made <laughs>
0: Now we get a little bit of the backstory about Herschel and his fight with alcoholism, and that's probably where he went.
2: I like that no one looks clean. Like, Russ, you were just talking about how you always feel kind of dirty after this watching the show. Everyone looks like they've kind of been in it. Like, it's not, it, it's not a glamorous show in terms of these... Actors. I mean, I know there's obviously kind of you know there's makeup going on on some level, but people do look hot and sweaty for (laughs) being in a you know
0: a a farm and you know late summer fall. I was gonna say Georgia in the late summer will do that to you. Yeah.
1: Anywhere south of the Mason-Dixon line in the summer will do that to you.
2: (laughs) I'm curious. I mean, I know that we have the the Dixon's Vixens. I'm I'm curious if there's like the smoldering Rick group as well out there. Just really loves his stubble or something. Actually, I have a friend that like really loves Andrew Lincoln and But a look. But... <laughs> I like this shot right here, too. Just Rick kind of waiting, and Glenn just has a little moment Maggie in the background.
0: It's well composed.
2: Yeah. It almost has kind of a come on, hurry up.
0: (laughs) Your chick seems mad, dude. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Here's another scene that kind of em- emphasizes my thoughts on John Bernthal, where he's gonna kind of deal with Carol, and he's struggling again with guilt to an extent, but he he doesn't nec- he doesn't technically have to be, but he does because I mean his her daughter has been shot in the head because she became a zombie, and <laughs> he opened the doors to this essentially, and it's you know it's it's a challenging place to be right now, but it's. just emphasizes the kind of the grief that lays over this episode. And again, uh, people, I guess, had conflicting thoughts about the episode. Although, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what... I'm not going to... I don't want to speak for the consensus of people on this episode. I was, like, average on it overall, besides the ending, which is kind of awesome in select scenes. But yeah, I mean, it's not an episode about having action tag zombie scenes. It's a, it's a more deeply drawn character episode. And it, I mean, it, it plays into the season. It works nicely. It's slower paced in a season that's already had issues with being solar paced, but it works.
0: You see, uh, Shane, like you were saying, I mean, even though he was the most gung-ho about killing off all the walkers in the barn, he's still feeling guilt over the way it turned out.
2: And I guess you can argue that he he needs to be... He needs to be mindful about allegiances he has, because he knows Dale is there... uh, essentially spreading rumors about Shane and that he thinks he killed Otis and kind of trying to get people against him so I I think Shane wants to kind of he wants to try and be a softer persona so he can maintain a certain level of innocence in all this and and claim that he's fighting for the group which he is doing even though he's done some other things so.
1: and he's a player <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's another, you know, he obviously, we all need to, he, he might have a big checklist of the women in the RV camp that he scored with and needs to, you know, make another notch on the on his belt with sans buckle.
1: That That's one of the buckles that when they cut to him, like pre-Zombie Apocalypse, he's got a belt buckle that literally has notches on it. That'd be awesome. <laughs>
2: And here we go with Dale. I have some ideas that I can't back up, but I think Shane, you'll notice.
0: He did kind of admit it to Dale last time. Dale had his suspicions, but, you know, Shane backed up those suspicions with what he said.
2: He, he didn't he, he didn't do anything to prove him wrong that's for sure he didn't do he didn't do anything to sway him thinking the other way
1: <laughs> Lori looks very conflicted
2: and here's Johnny M's favorite scene. Right with the
0: shotgun. Yeah.
1: Let me drive in the truck with a shotgun pointed at my face.
0: Make sure you got the safety off on that, too, son. <laughs> yeah, come to Rick for advice on women because he does so well.
2: <laughs> he should be asking T Dog, right? We know T Dog has some just secret some secrets he's willing to share
1: he should have something and rick's a cop i'm sorry but he'd be like boy point that thing away from your face one
0: good bump in the road dude that's all it would take yeah really no one's
2: addressing this at all (laughs)
1: And what's sad is it's so distracting. Like for me, I just kept looking at that shotgun. It's like, wait a minute, I think I have to rewind to find out what the hell they're even talking about.
2: Right? Yeah. Did I did? What's it called? The uh, The Talking Dead. Did they address this? Is anyone? If so, if someone remembers the Talking Dead episode after this Walking Dead, leave a comment in this commentary so I know if they address this. level.
1: I know what the next question is going to be for me if I ever go to a con and and Stephen Yoon is there.
0: doesn't everybody know about lori by now
2: (laughs) you know okay so that actually that almost skipped over a point because i have it on mute so i can't hear um i like there's something about that that's pretty cool actually that that rick kind of i like that he figures that glenn knew and it kind of it's a little it's a little more subtle than you know what happens at the end with how badass rick is but rick's a smart guy and they it might be undercredited of how smart of a guy he is like you have the other episode where he knows that like um Rick already knew that Shane and Lori probably did something together like I like the I, I like that um, Rick plays a lot close to the vest more so than even the audience might be aware of and I like that even though we're ju- maybe just now getting more of the Rick that we know from the comics very well but I like that in the background Rick has a couple things up his sleeve that he might be holding a little closer than we might be realizing.
1: Is it just me or whenever you see somebody walking by themselves out in a big open field running behind a tree? No, no, no. I was going to be more crude. I was be like, somebody's got to pee.
2: Okay, now here's another annoying Lori's... And regardless of Lori, we'll get to how annoying Lori is later on, because that that matters then. Let's get to how awesome Daryl is for just saying olive oil and just, like, going off on this rant here. I like
0: this. Plus, they just left, like, five minutes ago.
2: Yeah. Yeah, oh, my God. I can't... We're getting to it. But Lori, she's not winning any favorites in this episode, I don't think. I mean, she's coming off... She came off strong initially, and then, uh, you know, Glenn and Rick have been gone for ten minutes. I need to drive after them. I honestly...
0: Yeah, that bugged the heck out of me. Let alone what happens next with
2: Lorraine.
0: Yeah, I saw the meme online, you know, everyone is dead after after the zombie apocalypse, still crashes car.
1: I just love that Daryl's whittling. Keeps
2: his hand busy.
1: I love that Glenn still has his guard up I mean he's he's ready with the shotgun um you know especially after the incident in the uh, pharmacy I think yeah. he's learned to you know you can't you can't let your guard down for a second
2: this is good stuff too like I don't know like how they exactly mapped out this season but i mean we're giving a lot of time to a person who's he's a guest star on this episode essentially like he's not part of the main cast but we get a lot of development out of Herschel we learn about him and we get to understand who he is and where he's coming from which is more than i could say about you know t-dog featured player or carol even i mean or you know a lot of these people and he even comes off as a person that's i wouldn't go as far to say like likable like i've had issues with the likability of this cast in general but i mean He comes off as a person that you get, and that's more than I can say for a good majority of the rest of the cast.
0: I'd definitely say Herschel is one of the most likable characters. I mean, he's definitely, for me, one of the most relatable. You definitely know where he's come from and... And and definitely understand his motivations and why he's where he is and what he's doing, you know. And yet, like you were saying, Aaron, you can't say that for all the other characters. I mean, what is T-Dog doing there? You know, it's not like they've shown him any great kindness or allegiance or anything, you know. I mean, in the ancillary character, uh, you know, Herschel, Scott Wilson abused him with, you know, such a good performance that we see his character arc in just a few episodes.
2: For sure, yeah. And I mean, Scott Wilson's also heat for... All on purpose, say he's a veteran. He's been doing this for a while. The, um, Irony Singleton, as effective as he may be as T Dog, like, he's a fairly new actor compared to this man who's been around for, you know, multiple decades as an actor. But even then, it still comes down to, you know, how they're crafting this series and how they're writing these scripts. And yeah, I mean, if they have stuff for T Dog to do next season, which I'll be happy if they do, and I'll eat my words if suddenly T Dog becomes a main factor in season three of The Walking Dead. But. That doesn't mean that this season and the last season I mean don't still have their problems because of not being able to utilize these secondary characters on the
0: show.
1: I guess this car isn't a Hyundai, so they take the emblem off the front of the <laughs> of the vehicle. We can't tell that it's a Ford.:
0: Of course it's not a Hyundai. why would they have a wreck a Hyundai? Russell, a lot of car companies made sacrifices
2: during the walking dead. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Oh, look at my map. Oh, my God, a zombie.
0: <laughs> I Maybe off. I should have looked at my map before I left.
2: Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh.
1: Now, oh as as an individual, like I said, who lives in the rural south, I have hit raccoons, skunks, uh, squirrels, rabbits, buzzards, and even a deer. I've never had the urge to swerve out of the way. I mean it's a zombie. just hit it
2: <laughs> I, I it just doesn't work for me like that's, it just, it's it's no. not a matter of it's just not it's not a matter of Oh, the character I get it. It's stupid. It's silly for her. No, it just—it's a thing that does not work for me in this episode at all. Like it doesn't—it doesn't make sense for me what her motivation was to go after them, go after the t- two of the most capable guys in the group, like, and take another car, What and then get into this horrific accident that just leads essentially to nowhere. Like this is this is resolved the next episode, I believe, isn't it? Like Shane finds. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. It, Laurie escapes it, a, a tent sequence, which is pretty effective which is pretty cool. Like if the if the idea was just so we could have a cool Walker sequence where his Walker literally rips his lips out and trying to get Laurie, well played guys, but honestly, it goes nowhere. This does this adds nothing to it
0: overall. Yeah, it just seems like a distraction from the main storylines that are going on. I kept every time they cut to Laurie in the second half of this um, episode, I'm like, go back to Rick and Glenn in the bar. At least I want to see what's happening there, you know. But they waste time with you know this fake peril for Laurie
2: yeah i mean you could you could be amping up the tension that goes on in the last 10 minutes of the ep- this episode with uh, with Dave and what's his name guy that pees on the floor <laughs> <God>.
1: <laughs> I, I, it it seems like the only thing that could have been more clichéd is if the car would have exploded or caught fire <laughs> it's like it's like really this is where we're going to go and i know it sounds like we're we're ragging on it and part of it is we're just trying to you know riff and add a little humor to it i mean overall you know we obviously love the show and enjoy it and and this episode in general was was very good but there's just some moments with this show and with this episode that just make you really groan and roll your eyes
0: as freedom williams used to say things that make you go
1: hmm (laughs) yes thank you for that
0: (laughs) now there's an old reference for you Aaron. Yep.
2: Meanwhile, Scott Wilson's like pouring his heart out, and it's awesome, and everything he's doing, it just, just works for this show, and I enjoy it.
0: But then they have to cut away from him for Laurie, and like I said, like the fake peril, it's like, oh, we're gonna contrive a sequence so we can have a walker in the second half of the show, and and Laurie will be in trouble, you know. It just, let alone it,
2: for uh, yeah, let alone for a character who's you know second build in the scheme of things, it's like I'm not worried that Lori's gonna die. Like,
1: <laughs> okay, don't lie. If you had a bunch of zombies in the back of your pickup truck in a big open field, wouldn't you haul ass, slam on the brakes, do a, try and do a big old donut and sling them out of the back of the truck instead of having to carry them out? <laughs> I
0: would Deleted. at least unload them with a pitchfork. Deleted scene. They all got stuck.
1: <laughs>
2: they had a, it was Three Stooges Syndrome. They were all trying to get out but couldn't quite make it.
0: Yeah, I really like the way Rick goes from like cheerleader to playing everything very close to the vest when these guys show up. It's just like um, like shifting gears,
1: and he he cares. I mean, that's you know that's the thing. I mean, they've just done something horrible to Herschel. They've destroyed his trust. They've basically caused him to start drinking again after God knows how many years of not. He's told them he wants them to leave and get out, and he's he's come you know out here at his own peril, and you know. Pleading with with uh with Hershel, and I just I just thought that was a really well written you know well crafted moment. I just I just I really think that was well done.
2: Agreed completely. And before we get to all this stuff, which is going to be awesome right here, I mean it it's good that you know Rick came and Glenn came because Glenn, besides from knowing this town just because he's been here a couple of times, he's he's you know falling in love with this man's daughter, and it's good to have these people that are essentially the two most relatable people he has. That have not that are not his own family come to talk him into, you know, letting them stay or you know working together as a one big group and not two separate groups that need to just kind of deal with each other. Like it, it's it works. It's this whole everything involving this bar works for me. And now we get to this stuff, and we have uh, David, Dave and Tony, right? Yeah, David, David, Tony. That's what it is. I,
1: and, I just keep thinking Renee from True Blood.
2: Exactly, Renee from True Blood, or even his character—he was on the show um, Terriers, which lasted for one one season on FX, like last year or two years ago now, which was a really good show. But yeah, I like this actor a lot, Michael uh, Michael Raymond James. Yes, Michael Raymond James, and uh, this guy, you know, other guy also—he's doing his thing, being the slob. But you know, you introduce these two characters, and especially because that was before like a commercial break when that happened, right? So it's like, oh man, what's going on now? And one side of me is thinking, uh oh, we got more characters now? I mean, how many people do we have to not care about on this show? <laughs> because there's too many characters. But at the same time, you're like, well, that's a recognizable face. Maybe this guy's going to be you know, playing through a few episodes. What's going to happen here? What's going on? Where's this plot going? And it's really interesting and well acted, intense, and, and effective.
0: All I could think when I was watching this for the first time were that these were the advance guard for the governor. You know what I mean? Like the advanced group, like checking out for supplies and whatnot for the governor. And I was thinking that they were going to lead right into that for the season finale of the second season.
2: Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting way to come at it. That's kind of, that was certainly one of the thoughts that was going through my mind. If the governor was going to play a factor into what, who these guys, where they come from.
1: I love it too, because it seems like Glenn, even though we talked earlier about him not letting his guard down, it seems like he's a little bit at ease with these guys but I could tell from the word go, Rick was – he Lincoln played it very well because you could tell he didn't trust these guys further than he could throw them. And yeah, he was, too. I'd say yeah. Herschel, too. Yeah, exactly. They're both kind of playing like, yeah, okay, we'll we'll schmooze with these guys. But he knows that – I think Rick knew from minute one this is not going to end well.
2: Yeah. Or at least, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, they realize they have to keep them away from the farm. Yeah. By, by any means possible, and we find out that how, just how far – Rick is willing to go to do that.
2: And, uh, yeah, with his his own group, Rick's, you know, his cup's maybe half full. He's more optimistic, but with other people, it's half empty. He's going to, you know, hope for good, but plan for the worst. And the worst is going to come here. And the scene, so well-scripted, so well-acted by all these guys involved, very tense, very interesting to see where it goes. It's just well done.
0: Plus, uh, what really gives these guys away is, like, not being as civilized as our group or whatever is, you know, not only the guy pissing all over the pinball machine or whatever, but the part where they're talking about girls, you know, you guys got any girls
2: that, yeah, him or by, um, um, Michael Raymond James character saying he got this gun off a cop.
1: Well, just the fact that they're, they're way too casual, right? I mean, there's no apprehension. And if it, I mean, think about it. If you rolled up on piece, you know, a bunch of people in a bar in this kind of situation, your first thought would have to be, Okay, is their first reaction going to be to blow us away? Are they going to, you know, be hostile, friendly? What, you know, you'd have that apprehension. And these guys just kind of came in, and like you said, this guy's, you know, whizzing on the on the floor. The other one's just chilled out, laid back. It's 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 just, you know, it's just way too way too casual. And it, one, the other thing I love about st- and and that this happens in the comic and it has happens in the show. It and I know I'm way over analyzing this, but. For me personally, it makes me start thinking. It's like, okay, if I was in this situation, how would you become as a person? Like, would you be mistrustful of everyone? And, you know, Rick is in a situation where they came across this farm and they had good intentions. So who is he to say that everybody he meets and comes across is going to have bad intentions? And it's like, how would you as a person with a wife and a child and a child in the way and a group that you're kind of leading what are your instincts and reactions? And I, I just, this, scenes like this just really are, uh, just, just get my mind racing.
0: I was going to say, once this guy gets up and gets behind the bar, that's when you know, you know, the solid feces is about to hit the rotary oscillator. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, at this point where they're just talking, it's more like a dance of words. You know, Rick and, and Herschel trying not to give away as much as possible, but trying to be, you know, civil these guys are trying to fish for as much information as they can get before they waste these guys. So, I mean, once he stands up and gets behind the bar, that's when I knew watching this, I'm like, oh, man, something's going to happen now.
2: And, a, you know, a great thing that's just, that's true to both the comic, that's true to zombie movies, that's true to, you know, like the spirit of Romero movies, is that, is that there's, no, there's no zombies in this scene. We're not worried about zombies. That's not a factor. It's about the people. It's about these characters right. and how people react to, you know, the world that they exist in now and to just other people and where their mindsets are versus where your mindsets are and what you need to do in order to preserve yourself and your those that you you know who trust you that are you know holding and have you you know leading your group. It's it's really effective.
1: <laughs> I love that Rick is like, it's not gonna happen. And then he's said, mm-hmm. th- this is again this to me is like the Rick that's like, oh, here it is.
2: And you know it's coming, I mean, watch the frame on this camera work, it's gonna shift down to Lickrick's side here, and he's just, he's he's holster ready. Like, he's gonna. Oh yeah. This is, this is, this is a scene out of a western, practically. Like, it's just ready to go.
0: Well composed, here, you get to see Rick put his hand on the gun and then take it away, and he's kind of stand there ready, and then you see right behind him that t- Tony guy in the hat ready to pull his shotgun on him, too. Mm-hmm. Well yeah. put together. I mean, you can see where, we, where everybody is in relation to everyone else.
2: And it's nice to know that Rick probably thought this through, too. He, he probably knows that Tony is, it Tony, is he Tony? He's Tony, right? He's he's the immediate threat. He's the one with the gun that's right there. The other guy might take a second or two to get a shotgun out. It's Rick, Rick's a smart cat.
0: <laughs> nebraska awesome
1: oh. just just one of the best moments in the show
0: for sure. his face too it's just that that little twitch of his facial muscles just perfect good acting man
2: that's That's why I like Andrew Lincoln, just in general in this role. There's a lot of close-ups on him, on his face. I mean, he's, you know, he's the lead of the show. He's the face of the series, essentially, and besides Buster. And he's, uh, he, it works. Yeah. It it works. Like, we have a lot of close-ups on him because he, you need to see where he's going, where he's, where the show is taking this character because things don't, things aren't going to get better. I mean, that's, that's what it is. I mean,
0: The Walking Dead is not a Disney production.
2: Yeah things things may may always be dark it's just before the dawn but the dawn is a long way off i think
1: <laughs> i mean th- this is like a bruce willis moment right i mean this is something you'd see in either die hard or um you know a movie like that and to see this on on television i think it just makes it that much more impactful um it's it's just a to me it's just it's one of those um you know i think 10 years from now when they talk about like You know, great, you know, 50 great TV moments from the last, you know, X number of years. I, I firmly believe that that, you know, that's worthy of that kind of moment.
2: At least like, you know, whatever, how many, how many years Walking Dead goes on, you know, this will be like greatest moments of Walking Dead for sure. This will be on that list.
0: Absolutely. I think yeah. this is, um, this in the episode before too, I thought were a real turning point in as far as the pacing overall of the show and the pacing of the episodes in particular. I think after this point, you know, and it's, it's no accident that it was after Darabont left and, and um, Mazzara took over that the, the episodes seemed to have more happen in them and seem more fast paced, at least to me anyway.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I agree. I mean, I, st- I still have my various issues that I've you know, written about it on the, on the site and everything that, Go over the series as a whole and just the season, but yeah, for sure, I would agree that it does. There is a a change in the feel of this season. It seems in the second half of these later episodes.
0: Well, that's it. That's our commentary for um, the uh, the episode Nebraska the 7th episode of the, uh, the season of Walking Dead. If you'd like to leave us uh, uh, get in touch with us and let us know what you thought of our commentary, what you think of the podcast overall you may do so in many uh, various forms. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 516-468-7912 You can email us at comments at walkingdeadtv.com and you can also check out our shows on our YouTube channel, Walking Dead TV Podcast uh, We have, also have con videos and, and other stuff up there so check that out You can check out com for all of our great shows like Half Hour Wasted uh legion of dudes which russ and i are a part of pkd media black box and out now with aaron and abe which aaron and his buddy abe uh review all the uh, the movies that are out there right now and do a great yeah. job of doing it um all these shows can be found out on facebook or, and all those uh, shows have facebook groups of their own you can mm-hmm. also check out our forum at forumforgeeks.com our twitter at wd podcast and at hhw hhw LOD underscore network. Aaron, is there anywhere else we can find your writings and musings and podcasts that I missed? Uh, of course, as Jim mentioned, I do co-host the
2: show out now with Aaron and Abe, with my friend Abe. We talk about the newest movie releases. This week we'll be talking about Paranorman, which is very ties, I guess, closer to The Walking Dead because it is a kid's zombie movie, essentially. But I'm going to you know spoil my own episode right now and say, it's a fantastic movie. Go see it. Um, and yeah, you can... Find all our episodes about Out Now Aaron and Abe, of course, on the HHWLOD network. Network, uh, iTunes, obviously. Um, I write, I myself write on uh, whysoblue.com as well as com, And um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Aaron's PS3 as well as you can follow our podcast at outnow underscore podcast.
0: Sweet. So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, Jordan from Jersey is not here to write a funny tagline, so this will have to do.
3: From the town of Lincoln, Nebraska Where a sawed off 14 on my lap Through the badlands of Wyoming I killed it Mm See star leather straps across my chest sure if when the main puts that sweet and snaps my forehead bed, you make sure my pretty baby sitting right there on my to